we're going to have an opportunity to look at a, a very, 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 very important subject. We're going to talk about the authority of Scripture. I'm going to share some things with you today that can greatly help you, greatly help you. I don't know where you are in your life. It really doesn't matter if we can just all leave here and pray that I'll make clear the message today. I've called it the word of our Lord. And let me tell you where I come, come from on that. And I will show you as I bring the message. This is the written word of God. This is not just a book written by 40 authors over 3,000 year period of time. This is the word of God. Now, when you understand what that means, you may probably have heard people say, God, God said it, and that settles it. Uh, when I grew up, I learned that God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I found out since then, if God says it, that settles it. I'm not waiting on my agreeing with it, but when I agree, it sure makes my life a lot better. I had an experience recently. Ladies cannot identify this, only by observation, but I was off on a trip with a group of men, and we had a problem. The problem was that the oven door uh, was uh, dirty. One of these convectional ovens, you know, and some way, somehow, a bunch of grease got between those two glasses. So as men do, we gathered around the table, and we decided we were going to fix it. One of my partners is here in this experience. I wish you'd have been there. Those things are not easy to fix, folks. There's more screws in a door of an oven than you ever saw. They don't put that many in cars anymore. <laughs> so we undid this thing, you know, and we just, like men do, you know, put the, put the screws over on the table, you know, and then we'll just get it out, clean it up, put it back together. Well, it didn't quite go that way. We three guys decided that we all knew the best way to put it back together. And so about an hour later, and after putting those screws in and taking them out and everybody expressing their opinion, we finally came to a magnificent decision. And that was that we'd look for the, since this was a relatively new oven, we would look for the instructions book, the owner's manual. It was amazing how simple it was. When we got the manual instead of each other's opinions. Now, I want you to take that true but silly story, but it's not so silly and it's absolutely true. That's the way people handle the Bible or handle their Christian life. They want to do their own thing. I know how to do this. I don't need to read that Bible. I don't even understand it, you know, but I know everything about every subject. Just, just follow me. And all of a sudden, we got a mess on our hands. We need to read the book. This Bible, as I'm going to show you, is the Word of God. That's what it is. It's the Word of God. It's not a Bible. It's the Word. It's a written Word of God. Now, when you understand that, one of the things that I enjoy doing is reading a proverb uh, every day of the month. There's 31 proverbs. And I just want to show you, this just happened to me this morning while I was sitting here. Uh, I hadn't read my proverb today. I'm an hour behind. I don't know where y'all are on this, but anyway, I had not read my my Bible time it was not quite as long this morning, if you know what I mean, to get to the early service. And so I just sat down there, and I thought, just out of curiosity, I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. It says, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, 
but a scorner heareth not rebuke. I thought, wow, that's pretty relevant. A wise son listens to his father. A wise believer listens to his father. And he learns from the father who wrote the book. This is the written word of God. Now listen to the scriptures. Matthew 4, 4. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now listen to John chapter 4. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Matthew twenty two twenty nine. Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, knowing not the scriptures, nor the power of God. Listen to one more. Matthew 5, right in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all is fulfilled. In order to succeed in life and fulfill the purpose for which you were created, it can only be done if you know the instructions to a spirit-filled, God-led life. And the only way you're going to do that is not by hearing somebody preach unless they're preaching the word of God. And then when the voice in the pulpit is silenced, you continue to study the scriptures. And you read the scriptures and you study the scriptures with the full understanding this is the instruction book, this is the way it's to be done. The one that created the universe and made me, this is our instruction. And go from there and see what the Lord begins to do. My life and your life will be determined, the success or failure, by the source from which we get our teaching. The Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go to parents. You're to train your children. Not to somebody else to train them. You're to train them. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Not depart from what? Your training. Well, but what if my life is not a good example? Good luck. Some of you know that firsthand. You know what it's like to not have parents that show you the right way but just sort of let you do whatever you want to do. No discipline, no encouragement, no direction, no come along, let's go together. And so this morning, the sermon focuses on one thing, that's the authority of Scripture. We're living in a day, my friend, when this Bible is not preached in the majority of churches. It's referred to, but it's not preached it is not presented as this is the Word of God. It is simply pick and choose and sort of throw out a thought for the morning, but we never hear the truth. The whole story, the rest of the story 
if you please. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and here's what he said in the 8th verse. For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? If those of us that are in the army do not get our instructions from the one who created us, what's going to happen in our life? If there's an uncertain sound, I just don't know who to believe anymore. How many times have we heard that statement mentioned? I just don't know who to believe in. You see, none of us can live in confidence if there is no source for the wisdom we collect or for the choices that we make. If we have no, no source, we just pick and choose and whatever's going on and who's saying this and who's saying that and what does this one say and what does that one say and what's everybody else doing, we're in trouble. There needs to be a common source. Now, God knew that, so he gave us the Bible. And when he gave us the Bible, he's told us to obey it, know it, read it, study it, and obey it. Now, if you want to read the history of anybody, when they come to the last day of their life, you will see that the life of that person is a result of the choices they made as to what truth would be and what they would do and what they would not do. Time has a way of catching up. Time has a way of showing those that seemingly are on the right path that they've gotten way off, and now the goals have been reached that that path leads to. Matthew 21, 23 says, And when he was coming to the temple, this is Jesus, when Jesus came in the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him, Jesus, as he was teaching and said, now listen to this, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? Who wrote this book? This is the authority. This is a written word. Well, how do you know it's a written word? Because it's God's word. He was the authority. He was the same authority that created the heavens and the earth is the authority that wrote this book. All authority is given to him, the Bible says, in heaven and in earth. But it's very, very easy for the mind of man to take precedence over the Word of God, especially as the clock keeps ticking and education becomes more available and we're able to crowd in so much more and the smartest never use all of our brain. But there's so many, many things to think about out there. And if you don't decide what my source is going to be, then you have no idea what the results are going to be. Only some caution and some warning. So it's very easy to say, well, in my opinion, well, I believe... Well, if you would ask me, I'll tell you, that gets us in trouble. It is not my opinion. It's not your opinion. He is the authority. He is the way. He is the truth. I personally believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it is inerrant. I believe it's divinely inspired. And I, be, I believe it is protected by the Holy Spirit that wrote it. Now, you say, well, I don't believe that. That's, that's okay at this point. But what I'm telling you is, that's the source from which I'm speaking to you today. 
I believe that. I have from the time I was a little child. I have never regretted. I've never learned one thing in the Bible and did it and wished I wouldn't have done it. Not one, not one. It's always been an opener, eye-opener, helping me see things that others of my friends were not seeing when I was growing up, that I needed to abstain from that, that even though everybody was doing it, and many of you have that same kind of story. We were so blessed to have parents that cared. And our eyes were open. And a warning sign went out. And we knew the telltale signs of something's not right about this place. There's something not right about what's going on here. And then we make a decision. If we know the word of God, we want to know what God's opinion is. What does God say? Whenever we go about, we're to be doers of the word, not hearers only. As one writer has said, as you go preach and if necessary, use words. You know, anybody's blessed if you had a friend growing up that loved God and loved you. You were greatly blessed. If you had around you teachers and coaches and, and uh, uh, neighbors and kinfolks and moms and dads that loved God and loved the word, Oh, we were so blessed. Oh, the, so many traps were sprung before we stepped in them. Because of that wisdom that came from those that had found truth. And that truth had set them free so they knew if they could teach us truth, it would set us free and keep us from all the entanglements that we would see many having to deal with. But, None of us can teach with authority until we're under authority. Anything I say from this pulpit that is not God's word, you have every right to challenge and question, and we will discuss it. But if it's God's word, that settles it. And the job of all those that were called, and let me tell you what a called minister is. A called minister is a person that God speaks to and says, I've got a message I want to share with people. Would you tell them what I tell you? Or are you going to be creative and go off on your own tangent? Then you make that decision. Now, when you make that decision, that you are willing to follow him and, and live as he wants you to live and talk and say only what he instructs you to say, that's called God's call on your life but you've got to be under authority. You can't serve. You can't pray. You can't give if you're not under authority. We're talking to him. We're reading about him. We're giving what is his. So what do I do with that which you entrust to me? Well, we can get off on tangent real quick. If you'll sit with me and read the prayer request on Monday morning, this is not a put-down. This is an observation, folks. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. I do the same thing. But little by little, I'm, I'm making some major changes. If there's 100 prayer requests come in, 95 of them will be prayers like this. This person is sick, heal them. This person needs a job, get them a job. This person has a need, do it, 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 do it. Would you please pray for me because I got something I want you to change, God. And we feel like that's what praying is. 
That's not what praying is. You don't ask God. You don't tell what God what to do. You say, dear God, you know how much I love this person, but you love them more. And dear God, I pray you'll use them for your glory. Oh, God, I just, I, I just you know, if it be your will to heal them, not my will, but thine be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God, I trust you. I don't understand why they're walking through this valley, but I know you do understand. And I love you and I love them and I trust you. But Father, I want you to know if you can use me in this process, please, please, please. It is so easy, folks, for praying to be, my name is Jimmy, what you're going to give me. I know you're some kind of divine Santa Claus up here. Now watch out now. And we say, and if we pray in Jesus' name, then God's got to change his whole plans. That's what a lot of people believe. They've been in church all their life. Somebody said, all you got to do is say it in Jesus' name. And God said, oh, excuse me. Angel, angel, come back. You know what our plan was? It's far better than their plan, but they pulled that one on me. They put that in Jesus' name, so go get them well. That sounds silly, doesn't it? But it's the absolute truth. Let me tell you what praying is. Praying is saying, speak, Lord, thy servant hears. God, you're God, I'm not. God, forgive me for my lack of belief. I can, for the life of me, not understand. They're such good people. Well, if they're good people and been saved, if, they, if it's a death thing, they're going to heaven. What about if they're bad people? Well, they deserve what they're getting, Lord. You know, I know. I went to school with him. I mean, he's getting it. I told him one time if he didn't do like me, he's going to get it, and he's getting zapped. I know. So get him. And our, our praying becomes so, so worldly. But when you get into the Word of God, what did Jesus pray to the Father? What did he say? Not my what? Will, but what? Thine be done. That's the way Jesus prayed. Why don't we pray the same way? Rather than this is my will, now get on with it because I told people I was going to pray for them. And if you don't come through, you're going to mess up my witness because I promised them you are going to answer their prayer. Don't ever speak for God. Let God speak through you. But don't try to speak for him. Say what he tells you to say. Do what he tells you to do. We can never speak unless we're under authority. You know, God has a way of letting us just see his will open up day by day. If we're under the authority of God, we don't have any choice about whether or not we're going to be obedient. That's what it means. When you're under God's authority, you're just obedient. And then we begin to pray right. But you know what God's favorite name is for the Bible? It's the word of God. That's the favorite over 3,000 times in the Bible, we read words like this, the Lord said, the Lord spoke, the word of the Lord, those kind of words, over 3,000 times. The word of God is the favorite in the scripture. Real quickly, I want you to listen to these. From Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. Luke 5, 1, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, but he said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Acts 4, 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke 
the word of God with boldness. Acts 12, 24. But the word of God grew and it multiplied. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ephesians 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 1 Timothy 4, 5. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And one final one from Hebrews 11:3: Through faith we understand that the world, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, there's 3,000 of those. You're not going to get them all. But I want you to understand, the Scripture don't mess around on the subject I'm talking about today. This is the Word of God. This is your personal guarantee from the God of heaven that sent His Son to die on a cross that He will provide our every need according to His riches and glory. And one of the needs that we all have is salvation. We must be saved. We have a problem, a sin problem, and we must be saved. Be careful that you don't overdo calling this book anything other than the Word of God. I think sometimes we say Bible more than we do the Word of God. We talk about the, and I mentioned this the other day, about the Pauline epistles, the Gospels of you know, the, the synoptic gospels. And this, you know, as you go to school and all you learn these terms about the various sections, but let it be clear, this is the word of God. Not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of the books are the word, the written word of God. Listen to, to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Wow. You know, whenever you say this Bible is not inerrant, and you take that away, you know what's left? Human opinion. That's all that's left. If you choose to say there is no authority, what a kind of chaos does that cause? But when you understand that God wrote an inherited Bible, you say, but yeah, yeah, wait, 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 though. And I mentioned this to you either last week or the week before. But this Bible, preacher, you don't understand. This was written by human beings. John was on the Isle of Patmos. He's writing the Revelation. So you see, this was written by a human. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. No, the Bible says it's written by the Holy Spirit through the hands of people. Well, now, you ready? If you weren't here last week, you must understand this because you're going to get this argument. This is, a, this is written by human beings. And so because human beings wrote it, it's not infallible. Question. This is the written word of God. 
Jesus is the living word of God. You ready for this Bible question? Was the living word of God come to be because of a human? The answer is yes. Not two humans, one human. Her name was Mary. Now, does that make him not the son of God? Because of Mary being human? Of course not. Of course not. God uses human beings. That's why I'm preaching this sermon. God wants to use you, my friend. He will use you where you are right now if you will just know that he will guide you into all truth. You say, I don't know a thing in the Word about the Bible. You know what the Bible says to you? I will guide you in all truth. Yeah, but I don't go to Bible study. Uh Uh-huh. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needs not to be saved. That's the Scripture, see? Well, what did I do? You get in a Bible study class. Now, we reverse that. We usually say, it's my opinion, it's my thinking, my way of thinking, and so forth. And then you spout it off. Somebody says, well, since you're a Christian, then the Bible must say that. The Bible doesn't say that. Know what the Bible says and share that. Teach that. Preach that. And live that. That's what God wants us to do. Jesus, the living word. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to bring that one up again, Matthew 4, 4. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth mouth of God is to be our food. We're to take this and use it for his glory. 1 Peter 1.20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, now watch this one, folks, is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Wow. God uses us. God uses us. You never know. As I told you earlier, when a man comes up and said, 21 years ago, you spoke into my life the scripture and it changed my life. And now he's bringing the one that's probably going to be his wife very soon because he wants her to hear because she needs to know the truth as to scripture rather than opinion. All of us today need to be reminded God doesn't err. This Bible's the Word of God. It doesn't err. It's the Word of God. The Son was called the Word of God. One living, one written. In John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and for him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in Revelation 19, 13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in his blood, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God. The Bible is spotless. When God came to the garden, he told Adam and Eve what to do. Then here comes the snake. And then we have those words. Has God said, did he really say? You know what? Satan is so smart. 
He knew if he could get the first man on the planet to doubt the word of God, he'd get the rest of them. One man's sin. By one man's sin, this Bible says, sin came into the world. His name was Adam. What he did was he disobeyed the word of God. There's power in the word. And if we question the written word, we're going to question the living word. Either both of them are the word or neither of them are. That's why it's so important. None of us have seen Jesus. We were not there when this book was written. But we know the results. History has recorded it. When the Lord spoke through Paul and he wrote the church over Thessalonica in the second chapter, verse 13, listen to this. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Now listen to what he says to this church. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is the truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. What a great word to every one of you that are members of churches or looking for churches. Don't you want your leaders to teach you the word of God or do you want to find someone that has a way of thinking like you are already thinking? And all they're going to do is just affirm you as wrong as you are that you're right. I said, boy, I'd like to go there. Man, that preacher's so smart. He agrees with everything I've thought for years. Watch out. Watch out. Because the Bible says it's the truth that will set you free. And if you walk away from truth... There is no hope. Because the, the Bible is the word of God, we're convicted by it. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of the God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It convicts. It wounds us in our sin. It has a way of pointing us to our need where we are not where God wants us to be. Truth never hurts you unless it ought to if it comes from God. And it hurts, it ought to. You ever been to a dentist? You ever had surgery? You ever had a shot with a big needle? You say, yeah, I just love it. I just love it, love it, love it. I mean, I'd get one every day. I would just love to go to the dentist every day and just have 15 root canals every year. I don't think so. But you know what? If you had one and you went in there with an aching tooth and they did what they needed to do and you moaned and groaned and had a pity party for three days, but isn't it great three months later when Thanksgiving comes that you're back at it again? You see, sometimes God has a way of just kind of stinging you a little bit to get your attention because he's got something good for you. He will never replace anything you have unless he places with something better. I can promise you that. And whenever you move through those times, you'll understand not only get convicted by it, but you're going to get converted by it. You're going to be born again. 
if you know the word, believe the word, and do what it says. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Not some of us, but all of us. But 1 Peter 1, excuse me, 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Well, not only are we convicted and converted by it, but we're cleansed by it. We've been washed in the blood. We've been cleansed. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the word of God, which I have spoken unto you. The blood cleanses from all sin. I watched a commercial yesterday, right in the middle of me thinking about today, and one of those infra commercials. Somebody's come out with a Something, and you get a bottle like this, you know, and you get the shipping handle and all that stuff, and it makes four bottles, and then they got another. Man, they were cleaning everything. I mean, you know, I just wanted to pay them to come to my house, you know. Or, uh, but, you know, all those, those, those fantastic cleansers, cleaners. I don't know. The world needs another cleaner, I guess. But, you know, there's one that will wash away our sins, and there's nothing like it. It's called the blood of Jesus. And he'll not only wash us, he will cleanse us and keep us whole if we will walk in his will and in his way. We're also controlled by it. We're also controlled by it. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, that Holy Spirit that does all the convicting, all the cleansing. Now he comes in, he begins to control. He says, don't touch the unclean thing. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whoever partakes thereof is not wise. It doesn't take a whole lot of alcohol, folks, to get you thinking differently. One of the, the number one keys to open the door of sin is alcohol and drugs. To where you don't think right. And when you don't think right, you don't do right. And whenever the highway department says you drink three beers, you're drunk. If you drink one beer and get in your car on Friday like Michael Berry wants us all to do, you are one-third drunk. And if you do, please tell me which freeway you're on. I would like to take another route. We cannot, folks, we cannot expect to do what Satan does and it not get us. It's like a snake. Don't play with rattlesnakes. They all get bit. Every snake handler there's ever been has gotten bit. Every one of them. We had two of them bit right here at church one time doing a rattlesnake show, you know. Now, we, weren't, we weren't handling snakes and serpents. Okay, it's not the biblical thing. These guys were from Texas, you know, but they just were being macho, and it got them. Let me quickly end. We're confirmed by the Word of God, too. We're confirmed by it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Your church can't confirm you. I don't care what the name of your church is. When you're in the much hope church or the no hope church, you can, you say, well, I've been through confirmation. Well, who confirmed you? Well, my church did. My friend, no church can confirm you. Not this one nor any other. There's only one person that confirm, can confirm you, and that's God the Father through the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you are confirmed. You are born again. You're born again. You've got a new life. You've got a new life. Don't trust your church. Don't trust your pastor, your priest, your rabbi. Don't trust us. We are sinners. 
And I hope we're all saved by grace. If we're saved, we are. But you see, the word of God confirms us. Listen to what John 5, 24 says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, are you ready for this? He that hears my word, believes on him that sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Confirmed by God through his son and the shed blood. When you and I step out of this life into the next, you know what it is? You can't vote without a card. You can't get into heaven without the blood of Jesus. There's going to be looking for the blood. We sing it. What can wash away my sin? What's the next line? Nothing but the what? Blood of Jesus Christ. You see, folks, it's so easy to get off on a tangent. It is so easy in that Jesus was here over 2,000 years ago. When things just evolve, they usually get worse. You don't believe that. Don't cut your yard this summer, okay? Starting right now, say, I'm not going to touch that thing until December the 1st. You are going to need a tractor where you used a lawnmower before, I will guarantee you. You won't be able to tell the trees from the bushes by that time. Well, I just let it go by myself, you know. I just thought that, you know, as the wind blows, I goes, you know. I'm just going to do whatever's going on. Ooh, I don't recommend that. There's no reason for doubt if you know the Lord Jesus in his word. But there is reason to shout. To praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I am saved, saved, saved. Wow. We don't have any reason, no reason to doubt this book, no reason to deny this book, no reason to distort it, no reason to dilute it, no reason to refuse it. It's the living, I mean, it is the written word of God about the living word of God. It is his love letter to us. With a promise, anything I tell you not to do, I have a reason. I have a reason. I've got something better. Let me pick your boyfriend. Let me pick your girlfriend. Let me pick your vocation. Let me pick whether you go to school or not, and if so, which school do you go to? Let me pick the church that you're a part of. Let me pick where you live and the way you live. Let me pick how much money you will handle. It all comes from me. Let me do it. But I've got to be convinced that it's about me and not about you. Because we come in the world, it's all about me. Me, 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 me. No exceptions. Not even our great-grandkids. No exception. We're all sinners. Satan's weapon on the first man, Adam, again, was to plant a doubt concerning the word of God, as God said. Adam, you sure God told you that? Well, we've got this now. It's written. It is written. So now, the serpent, it says in Genesis 3, 1, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree. See the question? Did God say that? Made her doubt it. Well, he did say it. But he put a doubt long enough for them to make a horrible, horrible mistake. When Jesus faced the tempter, as recorded in Matthew chapter 4, he took him out on the mountain, and he tempted him in three ways. 
You know what Jesus said and how he handled that? Every single answer began with, it is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus believed the written word of God. And it saved him from the tempter. Let me tell you something, folks. When you bring this Bible out, the enemy runs. They don't want anything to do with this. A lot of them have more faith in the Bible than we do. But we have a chance today to look carefully as to where we are and what we ought to be doing. You look at the area of your life as I look at mine. Where are there room for change? Where's that time slot to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed? I ask you a closing question. It's a rhetorical question. Don't, don't, don't go like this or like this. Question number one is, do you believe every word of this Bible to be inspired, inerrant, and infallible? Think about it. What's it? You answer it to yourself. Got another question. Do you believe that every word you hear on Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, every periodical that comes to your mailbox or you read while you're in the beauty shop, you think all that stuff is true? A rhetorical question. Maybe we'd just get real spiritual and say, no, I believe that this is truth and I believe that other is just a bunch of junk. Here's my question. Why do we choose to spend so much time in the junkyard? Now, you get out your calendar. You get out your calendar. How many hours did you watch television last week? And how many hours did you spend in the Word of God? Now, how's your week gone? You know what? Those of you that have learned the Word and obeyed the Word, it's been a happy, happy, happy. The first bunch, only one happy is about the best you can come out with, and that's kind of iffy. God's word is a key to happiness. It is a key to joy. But I want to close with a very strong statement. A lot of mess going on in the world today. A lot. A lot of people are mad. A lot of people are angry. And in our self-righteousness, we look at a world... That's cutting heads off of people. More Christians are dying today than ever, 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 ever. Martyrs for the faith around the world. And boy, we can get so mad. But now watch out. This nation has killed millions of babies, innocent babies in the wombs of their mother by legal ways of doing it. Should we be judging and saying, let's kill them because they're killing our soldiers? Why don't we repent of killing our innocent and our unborn? Why don't we get real, folks? Why don't we get real? Why don't we wake up and see from God's standpoint we got a problem. The spaceship said, Houston, we got a problem. Houston got a problem. America's got a problem. And the world's got a problem. And we're the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
and we need to rise up and we can bring the world to Jesus and all of that stuff will stop. We'll quit, quit killing babies and they'll quit killing innocent adults. But we've got to go to the word. You can't get it from popular opinion. We can't vote it in, but we can pray it in. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and he'll heal our land. God, heal America. And that's the way we ought to pray. God, bring revival in America. God, bring revival in our family. God, turn our people back to Christ and let the world see that Jesus is Lord and he's looking for people around the world that'll be a part of his family that will be prepared when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and Jesus comes back again to redeem his family, the church. It's the word of God.